Hello, welcome back to Murder and My Family, True Crimes. I'm Sandy. And I'm Katie. And she's my daughter. And I'm, I'm the daughter. And I'm the mother. Uh, this is our second podcast, the first one. I kind of got out there to some places. I really have no idea. Maybe one person listened to it. I'm not sure. But it is funny when I go back and listen, Katie and I do not like our voices. Not at all. And I can hear a lot of my errors, and I have a big learning curve ahead of me. So, Katie, let's just do two minutes of the week. What do you have coming up? Um, I start college on Monday, and I start work tomorrow. And you also start work tomorrow. I do start work tomorrow. Yep, we work one day because we work at a school. And then we have, I think, five days off. Yeah, we have five days off. And then students, all teachers and everyone goes back the eighth. Yes, so we're getting ready. We're trying to get this in before we actually have to do a little bit of work tomorrow. Okay, so let me get into the first crime here, or the, the crime for today. I got my information from NBCBoston.com, ABCNews.com. CBSnews.com, people.com, and it is the murder of Linda Bolanos and Richard Field. So on May 5th, 2017, that's not very long ago, Katie. No. Dr. Linda Bolanos, who is 38, and Dr. Richard Field, who is 49, were both murdered by, and I'm going to say his name wrong, Bam. Bamp Imam, and then Teixeira. I looked up Teixeira, even though it's T-E-I-X-E-R-I-A. It's kind of a weird spelling, but I looked up this pronunciation. It's Teixeira. He was 30 years old. So the reason I chose this um, crime was because it happened in the Boston area, which is where we're from, and it was only a few years ago. So I remember it very well. It was all over the news for several, several days. So Linda, the doctor, she was a pediatric anesthesiologist at Mass Eye and Ear and taught at Harvard Medical School. And she was described by her family as good, kind, and gentle. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Richard Field was North Shore Pain Management in Beverly. That was a practice that launched in 2010, and he had a really huge part of launching that practice. So that's always very interesting to me because it's about pain management. So a lot of people, you know, when you have pain, you try to get rid of it, but there's some types of pains you can't get rid of and you have to learn how to manage it. So that's what um, he was doing. They were both known for their warmth and compassion for their patients and they were very well respected. They were engaged to be married. They had been together about three years and engaged about a year. Their plan was to marry at the end of the year in Colombia, which is where she was from. And they both loved to travel to far and exotic places, which they did a lot of. So they lived, Boleros and Field, which is Lena Boleros and Richard Field, lived on the 11th floor of a luxury condo in South Boston, which was worth about $1.9 million dollars. I know. <laughs> my wildest dreams. But they're both doctors. I mean, she's, what, 38 and he's 49, so they've both been working very hard their whole lives. 
Um, and the building, though, was known to be really safe with very good security, and it was apparently pretty difficult to enter. So Teixeira, who is the perpetrator, he's 30 years old, he moved to the United States in 2010. He was 24 years old, and he moved here from Cape Verde, Africa, to live with his adoptive mother. His birth mother died in 2000 when he was 14. So her best friend, Maria Luisa, adopted him. In 2002, Maria moved to Boston, and he stayed behind with his sister, but he kept in contact with Maria. I find that very odd that she adopted him when he was 14 because his mom died. And he never went with And then her. two years later, she moved to the United States, and he stayed behind. There's so, a lot of different rules in laws <laughs> in Africa. Apparently. I, so. don't, I mean, I don't know any. I've never been to Africa. I don't really know any of the rules or laws there. I don't think there's many. But, I mean, he was with his sister, who must have been older. Um, Maria described him as a dutiful son who didn't drink or smoke. He dressed well, he did well in school and religion, and studied psychology in college. So to me, he went to college. Not everyone does. It sounds like he was a pretty good kid, very um, faithful to his family. So when he moved to Boston, he even gave her, Maria, $150 a week for, you know, for rent until he moved out after living with her for a year. And she said it was abruptly. She wasn't really expecting him to move out. Uh, Teixeira broke all contact with her, Maria, at that point, and she never knew why. So it's like he'd lived with her for a year, all of a sudden moved out, and didn't talk to her anymore. That's weird, especially because it's his adoptive mother. Yes. So you know that something is going on with him if that happens. She even tried to visit him in homeless shelters, but he refused to see her. She heard from other people that he was acting strangely after he moved out. Strangely is pretty vague, but we can only assume Wait, that... Wait, so he moved out just to be in a homeless shelter? I, so that's why there's obviously he's acting strangely. Who's going to do that? Yeah. And he broke contact with her. Like, if he didn't have any money, I, she, she probably would have let him stay for free. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think she was expecting money, but something was going on. I don't know. To me, I always think drugs, but I, it might not be that. He could just have a mental illness. So he had been convicted of two larcenies, both at the same bank. What are handi- larcenies? Stealing, theft. Oh, okay. Um, both at the same bank, handing a note to the teller saying he would shoot people. So think about that. He went to the exact same bank to rob it and gave the teller a note both times. I mean, how stupid. You go to the same place? I don't. So clearly something is off. So he had said on the note that he would shoot people. However, he didn't even have any weapons on him. But if you think if you're a teller and somebody tells you that, you're like, I'll give you the money. I don't want to get hurt. A bank is so stupid to rob because at each window they have a little button that it will call yeah. the police immediately. So the first one, it doesn't sound like he was caught for. Um, but the second one, 
he, he was caught. So at the time of this murder, uh, which was in 2017, he had just gotten out of prison serving nine months for one of the larcenies. Okay. So he did time for, he was caught, obviously, he did time for, and now he was out. So he was out on probation at the time of the murders. He was not a U.S. citizen, but had been authorized to live and work in the United States on a permanent basis. This, okay. is, this is known as a green card. Yes. So he wasn't a citizen, but he had a green card to work here legally. Teixeira was familiar with the building where, what are their names again? Lena and Richard lived. He had been a doorman there in 2016, uh, that, which was just the year before. Mm -hmm. The day of the murders, he'd been seen hanging around the condo complex around 2.40 p.m. So, like, I envision it, like, around the outside of it. Like, mm -hmm. people probably knew him because he'd worked there before. And then he was seen in the garage at 4 p.m. Teixeira entered the building through the garage with two fake guns. So once again, he's going to commit a crime at this point. I'm not sure if he knows, but he doesn't have real guns with him. But he does have a carving knife, they described it as, and duct tape. Oh, okay. So apparently there's a stairwell that leads all the way up to the 11th floor from the garage. And, that, and he knew that from working there, and that's how he was able to kind of get around security. Mm -hmm. So Belenos, Lena, the woman, arrived home around 5 p.m., and Dr. Field arrived around 6.30 p.m. So she'd been home for about an hour and a half before he came home. We don't know exactly how things transpired in that time, but... Bolanos and Field both called 911 several times, but the dispatcher couldn't understand anything, so they disconnected the call, which is, I mean... Isn't, isn't that illegal? So you and I have experienced this, where somebody called 911 by accident when they were at our house and we didn't know it, mm -hmm. and the police showed up. So this is 2017. It's only four years ago, and they called several times. I don't really know why the operator would have disconnected instead of just listening. Sending someone to. Yeah, and I don't know how long it takes them before they can trace the call to where it's coming from. I mean, they might have been calling from their cell phones, but mm -hmm. I think that they should have been able to do it pretty quickly. And if she couldn't understand... It's just, it's crazy to me. Usually that means something's wrong if you're panicking and you can't understand someone. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? They might have had duct tape over their mouths. Yeah. But it, it You can always tell if it's a little kid compared to an adult, so and, that's and the operator's fault. From what I understand in Massachusetts, and I don't know if it's the same in every state, is that if you have a 911 call, a police officer has to come to the scene to check it out, whether you say it's okay or not, just because you could be saying it's okay because somebody's there with a knife at your throat or something. Yeah. So I, I don't know. This is very interesting to me that nothing happened from that. But because of that, Dr. Field, the man, he texted a friend. And he texted a friend, call 911. 
He texted gunman. Then the next one, in-house. Then the next one, PLS, probably for please. Yep. And then NW. And then, this is supposed to be serious, but he wrote it twice. E-R-I-O-U-S, so Erius. Mm-hmm. And then he did that two times, and then he did serious. So his texted his friend all these, like, cryptic little messages. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, his friend didn't see it until like a half hour after the text came through. I know. So and when he did get it, he called the front desk of the building mm-hmm. and said, you know, that he was getting these texts. And then the front desk of the building called 911. And then they arrived. So when the police arrived, uh, it was after eight. There were, this is so odd to me, there were a set of keys on the floor in the hallway. So I can only assume that when Dr. Field got home, which he got home later, something happened and he dropped his keys. Yeah. So they used them to gain entry into the, uh, the condo. The police reported they were shot at upon entry and they shot back. This was the initial report. However, after an investigation, it was found, which we know, Teixeira didn't have a gun with him, so he couldn't have shot at them. So then the police reported that they saw a dark figure upon entry, and it appeared that they were holding a gun, so then they shot him. So what the truth is, we don't know, but we do know that he did kill two people there. So he was wearing gloves, Teixeira, and dark clothing. He was shot in the hand, abdomen, and leg. Oh, he'll survive that. Yep, and he was taken into custody and transported to the hospital. And you are right, he did survive it. Well, yeah, those are very minor. Yes. And that's like they always say, you know, why couldn't the cop shoot their leg? Or why couldn't the cop just shoot their hand? you hit an artery in the leg, you're done. You'll bleed out right there. Well, because we're friends with a police officer, we are told that they're trained to shoot for the biggest mass, which is your torso, because they're not shooting at people every single day. And yeah. it is not easy to hit a target. So if you're trying to aim for an arm, you probably won't get it. If you aim for a torso, you're more likely to get it. Especially if it's a moving target. Yes. So these police officers um, were able to hit a hand and and the abdomen and a leg, which were not life-threatening. So after they shot him, that's when they were able to kind of go into the condo and find the horrific scene. The two doctors were dead with very severe injuries. So Fields, the gentleman, Dr. Fields, was face down with his hands bound behind his back, and he was laying basically in a pool of his blood. And Dr. Boleros was found in a bedroom lying face up with her hands tied behind her back. They believed that they were tortured because they had been bound, beaten, and stabbed. Remember, he didn't have a gun. Yeah. He only had the knife. Yeah, and they were both laying in their own blood. And I can only imagine um, 
how horrible this must have been for them if you think that they had were able to call 911 multiple times, text a friend. So how long that torture went on? It, I just can't imagine what these people went through. And then the friend didn't see it till a half hour later, and the cops don't just show up right away. Yeah. The friend called the office, and then the office called the cops. So there's no That's way to know. probably a good hour. I know. There's no way to know, really, if they would have made it, if the friend saw the text immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they had called 911 first and they had taken it seriously, there's a big possibility, I oh, think, definitely. that they would have. But there's, we don't know, though. We don't know. We can't really blame anybody other than the perpetrator, Teixeira. So they found a bag um, with Boleros's jewelry in it mm-hmm. and the fake guns, so they knew that he was trying to rob them. Uh, but they don't think they'll ever really know the real reason why, because... That was a pretty planned out robbery. Like he could have just gone in and robbed them probably. Um, so Teixeira was arraigned on two counts of murder right from his hospital bed. And I remember at the time they did show it on the news as well. His attorney entered a not guilty plea and he was held, Teixeira was held without bail. So in Teixeira's interview, right after the murders, he claimed to be having an affair with Dr. Boleros. And according to him, she told him to sneak into the building that evening. He said that when Dr. Field arrived home unexpectedly, Dr. Field is the one that killed Boleros when he caught them together. Teixeira killed Fields in self-defense. This obviously wasn't taken seriously. Good. Um, The prosecutor said that the claim was unbelievable, and he said in court, quote, we've gone beyond the preposterous. Now we are existing in the theater of absurd, unquote. So clearly it was beyond anything that they would even consider. And then Teixeira also said during his interview, he said he has to pay for it. I don't feel a guilty conscience because I did nothing wrong. Oh, my God, he's mental. Um, and this, what I think he's referring to is saying he, he has to pay for it, meaning Field killed his own wife, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't feel guilty for killing Field. So written, in, and this is where you said he's got to be crazy. Like, this is taking it. Um, you kind of see it now. Written with a Sharpie on the wall of Boleros and Fields' condo was payback, and he killed my wife. So he wrote in big letters on the walls, he killed my wife, and payback. Teixeira, to anyone's um, recollection or research, has never had a wife. That's a little weird. So you know something's not working. So when officers arrested him at the scene, he was heard saying, they're all going to die. There's a sniper on the roof. He killed my wife. He was also heard saying, just shoot me. So during the trial, he had to be removed from the court twice for outbursts. The first time was for verbally assaulting the prosecuting attorney. 
which uh, his name is Pappas, saying at one point, you better hope I don't get out of jail. Good. So he's threatening the prosecutor. Then um, he was grabbed by the court officers and escorted out of the court, and he was making derogatory remarks and threatening to kill Pappas, Pappas's wife. So the second time, so he was let back into court, you know, after that. The second time that he was removed from court from outburst was right before his verdict was read. And he yelled out, do you want to know what his last words were? They were, and he was talking to Fields' family directly to them. And I can't imagine what, how they felt in that moment. Um, so he was instantly removed from court again, which is rare because usually you're supposed to be present when the verdict is read, but they had him um, cameraed in like they could see him. So Teixeira, like I just said, was not in court for the reading. He had to listen from another room. He was found guilty in December of 2019 on all charges, two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of kidnapping, two counts of armed robbery, and one count of home invasion. He received two life sentences to serve consecutive with no possibility of parole. Good. So I wanted to talk a minute about capital punishment, which means the death penalty. Mm -hmm. um, and this is according to wikipedia.com. Capital punishment was abolished in Massachusetts in 1984. So therefore, he couldn't be charged with capital punishment. Um, but it has been very controversial decision since then. Most recently, the Boston Marathon bombing. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. That reignited the debate about capital punishment in the state. Because um, the perpetrator, um, Johaya Sarnev, was sentenced to death, but not executed. And he was sentenced by the U.S. federal government because it was a federal crime. Yep. So not by the state. However, the Massachusetts legislator has, legislature has continuously opposed the death penalty. More recently, in April of 2018, a police officer was shot and killed. And in July of 2018, a sergeant was shot and killed. The current governor, Charlie Baker, said he supported the death penalty for those that kill police officers. So it's still... Not allowed in Massachusetts, but it is interesting that our current governor has said that he thinks it should be in place for those that kill police officers, which would not have made any difference in this case because they were doctors. They were yeah. not police officers. So that is all I have. That is the story of Dr. Lena Bol Bolanos and Dr. Richard Field. What do you think? It was okay. I don't know. I didn't like this one that much. Why didn't you like this one? Because he didn't have any motive. He just kind of did it. Well, I don't think any murders are good. I noticed, too, that as I do all these, that I say their names wrong 50% of the time as I went back and listened to it. That's fine. I know, but it gets confusing. This one wasn't quite as confusing because it was literally three people. Yeah but all of their names were a little more difficult for me to say. So I hope to do another one of these. I don't think Katie's going to help me. This is when I'm going to have to get another family member involved. Yeah, make Kyle do it. So Kyle, we should just 
tell any, the one person who might listen, Kyle is on the autism spectrum, but he loves this stuff. And sometimes it is difficult to understand him, but we will see, we will try to get him involved because he does love to talk about this stuff. So that is all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And I hope that we get to do another one soon. Goodbye. Bye.